My name is Rebby Kern, and you are listening to Fully Integrated, my journey to self-discovery, healing, and finding my truth. So today's conversation is all about love. Love as a concept, love as an action, what impacts love. Uh, how we share love with others, how we receive love. I thought that by my age, I would have this concept of love more figured out, that I would have landed in a space to be able to define and describe love more succinctly. What I find is that the more time that passes, (laughs) the more complicated this gets. I've grown to receive love in really different ways throughout my life. I've shared love and given love in really different ways too. So first I have to define love. Uh, I think back to my seventh grade year old self, my college age self, my 20 something year old self, and now, and those definitions have varied really relative to how I was experiencing and receiving love. And that began to define love for me. I first asked my friends, how do you define love? The answers were varied. Loyalty. Forgiveness. Love is a verb. Action and commitment and self-sacrifice. Love is dogs. Love is making the choice to treat people like they are important. Love. It's beautiful. It's messy. The beauty makes the mess worth it. Love. A 750 credit score. Love. Unique to the person you experience it with. A red thread. Love. An addiction to a person. Choosing it every day. Love is peanut butter. Love is happiness. I know that it's not butterflies and weak knees. It's so much more than that. Love is instinctual, passionate, empowering. Love is through movement and intuition. Love is abundant, expansive, life force. All of these definitions are really, really good ones. And based on how I know each of these individuals, I can see how they describe love this way. I see how they love the people in the world. I see how they interact through love with their world. I see how they give and receive love. And each one is so different, though neither description or definition is wrong. Does that mean that not all of them are right? So then, like a good millennial, I took to the internet and typed in Google, love, an intense feeling of deep affection, a great interest and pleasure in something. So uh, then I began to consider what the difference is between love and being in love. We can love many things. We can express love in many ways. Does being in love mean something inherently different? Do we experience that in a different way? What are our expectations of others when we're in love? To be in love, as defined by Urban Dictionary, 
Being in love is like hearing a bear roar in the forest. You'll never have to ask yourself if you are in love. You simply know it. It is a feeling which is not easily revoked. Sometimes you may not want it. Sometimes it may be too impractical. But it will always be the most overwhelming experience you ever have. To be apart from this person is to experience a high degree of agony. To be with this person, the highest degree of bliss. If you have not experienced love, you have not lived. Of any other time I've turned to Urban Dictionary to help me understand something, this was actually quite poetic. So where does that ring true? I want to give a few examples throughout my life on how love and being in love have shown up for me and how that impacts my world moving forward. All of our experiences shape who we are, so naturally it shapes how we experience and receive love too. I don't remember the first time that I said I love you to a romantic partner. I remember the feeling that I sought. I wanted this warm, ooey-gooey sensation in my body that felt safe. With what I had been going through at home, then (laughs) seeking love in other people was something that came really easily. My mistrust of love and receiving love from others was rooted really heavily in the mistrust that I had in the adults in my life. My parents would say I love you on a regular basis every day, whether we were on the phone or together, leaving the house. We always said I love you. Just because my parents said I love you didn't mean that my safety was guaranteed. In the same way, I began to misinterpret what that love meant. It meant I can hurt you and I still love you. And so I experienced love from my parents as having my basic needs met. My mom spoke a lot to, you have food on the table and a roof over your head. And I've, I've spoke before about still feeling so empty in those moments. And that the love from family didn't really count for me. It didn't feel different. It didn't feel safe. I began to engage romantically with people in my world. And I really, really wanted to find somebody who wouldn't hurt me. I wanted to be with somebody who cared about me, who gave me the warm fuzzies, who protected me, who I could tell all of my secrets to, and somebody who I could share all of those things with and they wouldn't tell anyone else. This level of trust and of loyalty. Though the people in my life told me that they loved me, There was a really clear disconnect on what being in love was and what loving somebody was. And so my early experiences about love and family was convoluted, right? That love meant that you can be harmed by these people, but they'll still care for you and protect you. And then in my teenage years, seeking a different kind of love. And so a new journey of love opened up for me. Physical intimacy was something that was exposed to me really early in life and something I began to engage in throughout my journey as a way to seek love. Now, this is where things get really tricky for me is to have this really deep acknowledgement that 
that the misinterpretations of physical intimacy as equating to love created confusion in my relationships to others. That if I was intimate with others, then they would love me in that way. Though I didn't guarantee that they wouldn't leave. My dating career began. It all started in eighth grade. I wrote a letter to my parents when I turned 13, requesting that I began to date. There was a boy in class who I really liked, and I wanted to date him. <laughs> I gave the letter to my parents, and they looked over it, and they called me in to talk to them in the living room. In the same room that we typically sat in, we shared stories, and my parents would drink themselves enough until it was time for bed. My mom had too much to drink that night, and my dad seemed a bit aloof. We were in the middle of talking, and I feel like we had talked about, I don't know, how they met, their experience of love, and I don't know, something shifted, something changed. My mom stumbled out of the bedroom and approached me, rifle in hand, double barrel pointed right at my face. She approached even closer. I cowered into my seat. It was this emerald green couch. It was really soft. It was covered in cigarette burns and dog hair. I couldn't sink deep enough into the couch. I couldn't pull away. My body froze. My dad sat there. My mom was yelling. I couldn't describe what she was saying, but she was yelling. She was angry. All over what? <laughs> My request to date? I attempt to put myself into her shoes now and consider if I were a parent how I would react if my 13-year-old wrote me a letter about wanting to date somebody in their class. Maybe it's an opportunity to talk about the joy of love, an opportunity to talk about healthy relationships and boundaries and learning how to meet people where they're at. This was a big disconnect I had from my folks. We all grow up in different ways. We all have different exposures that mold us and shape us into the people that we are. And this particular moment, I began to fully disconnect from my parents. I trusted that I could come to them about something that was so important. I wanted to experience love. I had hoped that they would want that for me. No matter how old I was, it was this really genuine opportunity to be in conversation. The same conversation I have with a partner. Hey, I really like you. What does it take for us to get to know each other better? And moving into that space, I enjoy spending time with you. What, what does it look like to move into another level? And sure, society shapes these bases, per se. So what was my mom attempting to convey? That she didn't want me to date, I believe. <laughs> it didn't stop me. From that moment moving forward... I put all of how I was into other people. I went on a search of love, a search of safety, a search of connection. My puppy love looked like writing notes in class. It looked like gift giving. <laughs> I remember uh, a boyfriend that I had in ninth grade. 
He had short curly hair, beautiful lips, brown skin. I wanted to show him how much I liked him. I took my lunch money that my dad would leave out on the counter for me every day for a month. But I saved that money up, $30, and I bought him a gold chain with an initial S for his first name. I don't even think he wore it. But it took a lot. It took a lot for me to find the resources to try to convey that love to him. I don't know why we broke up, but we did. And then I moved on to another person. And the same behavior showed up for them. I did everything that I could to show them that I loved them until they weren't there anymore. I thought that being in love was a guarantee. A guarantee that this person would stay, would love me back, and protect me. There was no guarantee. There was no playbook. It was, it was confusing. I gave so much of myself to each of these people. I lost myself along the way. I started to mold myself like them, become interested in what they liked. And all on this quest to truly, honestly run away from my world. If I could dive deep into something I could create with somebody else, maybe it would take me away from my own reality. My, my reality was so full of fear and worry. That love began to balance it. I went from relationship to relationship, mostly with people um, who also played sports and were interested in the things that I was interested in. I remember 10th grade, the guy that I dated then, I was completely infatuated with. If he would have said jump, I would have simply asked how high. I wanted to do everything together. I wanted to run away with him. And I remember having this deep feeling that he liked somebody else more than me. I know to call that jealousy today. And I made this whole story up about it. Lack of self-esteem shows up in other places in my life today, in other relationships, both with myself and with others. This deep feeling of inadequacy kept me from truly loving myself as I loved other people. It's like I wanted to just pour everything of me into them. I lost who I was along the way. I became this chameleon socially, both in my relationships and with my friends. I wanted to like what other people like so that I would be liked. And so I didn't know what love was. What I knew was the feeling I was looking for, right? That safe and protected feeling, that ooey gooey warm sensation in my body. Was that ever going to be possible through the love of my own self? And people talk a lot about self-love and self-care. I didn't have any concepts of that. It was like everything that I did was for somebody else, for another person, for another group. I didn't love myself. The one thing I absolutely remember my mom saying that actually rings true to me today, I cannot love another person until first I love myself. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me now. And so the older that I got, the more I began to seek that self-love. To have a level of self-actualization that I knew how I was showing up. How I could partner with somebody else. And by first partnering with myself, being on my own team. Though I was bouncing from relationship to relationship, I thrived in each of these and the getting to know one another and experiencing each person and their history and their goals. 
and I distinctly remember each one of them. And the one who was studying to become a pastor, and the one who was waiting for marriage to be intimate, and the sign language interpreter, the girl from seventh grade who I just couldn't ever come out and say, I like you, and the one who taught me how to love myself. I truly appreciate every person I've been in relationship with and the love that we've been able to share and communicate. And all of these relationships taught me so many things. And it wasn't until I shifted my perspective that each of those relationships had to be perfect and for forever was I able to take the life lessons I was given in each one of those situations. And just because we break up doesn't mean that we can no longer speak to each other or be friends just meant that that relationship shifted and there was no expectation. I am no longer tied down to the need to have to replace the love that my parents didn't give me. It seems simple saying it out loud. The reality is that's exactly what I was seeking. I was never going to find it. I would just continue hopping from relationship to relationship to person to person And just driving by the mirror of what I see in front of me every time. I have to be able to fully express myself with any person and mostly with myself. At what point do I experience love? How Urban Dictionary defines it. How you define it. Is that possible? Is it available to me to have? Do I define it? I think we each define love. We define what it means to be in love. As we learn to define what love looks like for us, it's important to meet other people where they're at. When I go through my dating history and, and think about all of these incredible people that have crossed my path, they had to meet me where I was at. So many of them hold the stories of my past and they were really important for me at that point in time to say some of these things out loud. So why did I decide to share with you the experiences of my past partners or the experiences of uh, learning to describe love from family, learning what love means based on the experiences with my family? I I share it because these things shaped me. And I have to know that if these experiences are shaping me so much that it's impacting how I'm loving others, then I have to learn how to meet other people where they're at. More so than anything, I've had people meet me where I'm at, when I felt incapable to give back, when I believed that I wasn't worth loving or that I didn't have the capacity to offer love, that I was only as good as my mistakes. I had people meet me where I'm at so much so that I began to learn to love myself. I wasn't boxed up because of my trauma. I have to stop putting love in a box. Stop thinking that the experience is going to be one and only one way for the rest of my life. Love is dynamic. Love is what love is not. Love is meeting you where you are and you meeting me where I am. There are no boundaries to the experience and the expression of love. What's important for me personally to remember is that no one is responsible for me to feel happy. I can't put that weight on another person. I can't expect somebody to love me in a certain kind of way. The 
those expectations just aren't fair. I put such high expectations on the people in my life that they were going to fix me. They were going to make me feel better. That they were the answer. That being in love was the answer to heal myself. And that wasn't it. My love for myself is my healing. And in my loving myself, I then have more space to hold for other people without the expectation that they're fixing me. Every relationship that I've been in has brought a a different level of joy to my life. I'm really excited to be able to have and to share about. And so the love through this episode is about me falling in love with myself. I had somebody look at me in the eyes and tell me that they loved me, they cared about me. They weren't in love with me. What really is the difference by loving somebody and being in love with someone? And for me, I questioned what was in my heart space, not only in relation to them, but in relation to all of the other people in my life. And what it came down to was the expectations I was holding on the being in love. I'm not quite sure how I even see being in love now. This heart space that I have for somebody. And again, if I am broken, if I am not loving myself, then there is no more space for another person. I was hurt though. It took about two weeks for me to really process the hurt that I felt because I try to play it cool. And it was the, I'm not in love with you and I still want to be together with you. That was so confusing to me that if you weren't in love, then what's the point? Again, going back to my vision that physical intimacy was the only way to uh, experience a relationship with another person. And that wasn't quite true. Being in love didn't define the relationship necessarily. What did it then become? If I'm truly in love with someone, there's a level of grace there. A level of grace of a level of grace that allows me to accept people exactly where they're at. And to love them in, in spite of their flaws, in spite of the mistakes. Having enough grace to know that other people's reactions are affected by the world. In my seeking inner validation from the outer actions of other people, it was a secular loop that never finished. And when I didn't receive that validation, I then felt less than and continued to seek out more validation from someone else and I was the missing piece. I am the missing piece to love. Am I loving myself enough? Am I having that grace with myself? That I've been down this road and I am still fully capable of of loving and being in love. It doesn't have to define me. I don't have to reserve my experience solely to one relationship and being in love. Instead, I, I get to express love in different ways to all of the people in my life. Being in love does not have a monopoly over being happy. Being in love does not equal happiness. And so can I let go? Can I let go of the trauma of... So can I let go of that? My search of love is my search of happiness. I hadn't considered that before. I was in reaction to the world around me. That if I'm truly, genuinely happy, then... Maybe I'll stop trying to define all of this. 
if I love myself enough and experience true happiness, I can stop seeking that validation in other people. I am not a half looking for another half. I'm a whole person looking to be enriched by another whole person. And can that person meet me where I'm at and all of my flaws and all of my sadness and all of my joy? Maybe being in love is about being seen. What I offer to you is to see the others in your life. To see the people that you hold relationship with and all of the forms that that may take and all of the expressions that that takes. Are you seeing their journey and how they arrive to you now today at this point? Are you in reaction to each other or are you in response to each other? How are you meeting that person with what they need? That in our expression of that love, we can no longer hold that expression through our own selfish vision. And what I mean by that is if you're a gift giver and the person you're with doesn't necessarily feel love through gifts, there has to be space to meet in the middle on that. Gary Chapman wrote a book, The Five Love Languages. I remember reading this book in college and the girlfriend I was with at the time, we went through the quiz and learned about our love languages, how we give and receive love. And the book was really helpful to describe what happens when I'm speaking a particular language to express love to another person. They're speaking a totally different language and we're just missing the mark entirely. It doesn't mean that we don't love each other. It means that we're not seeing the other person. What I offer is that it's not just five love languages. Each person brings their own unique experience and based on that experience, based on how they react and respond to the world that they've experienced, is going to dictate how they give and receive love. That changes. As I heal, as I grow, I'm able to accept different love. As I draw new boundaries with myself, I'm also able to stop the unhealthy, secular behaviors that pushes me to seek love in a way that I don't have to be defined by anymore. And no longer is it just about physical intimacy. No longer is it about filling the need and the hole of, of being adopted and, and not having this compassionate love in my life. It's about how I express my, my truest whole self. There's more than five ways to do that. Even in the identification of a love language, that's still putting a person in a box that they are to feel that way and give love that way for forever. On your own journey of finding and experiencing love, it starts with you. How much time have you taken for yourself today to look yourself in the mirror and say, I love you in all of the ways that you show up? It's a gem to be able to do that first before experiencing that love with another person. What this has also helped me see is that another person won't fix or change how I feel. I really wanted them to. I wanted to get lost in the joy and compassion and electricity of another person. It only masked my pain for so far. And now today I can show up more fully and really challenge why I've been filling this hole with the actions and behaviors of another person. Today, I feel closer to the definitions that I read earlier, and not only in relationship to other people, but in relationship with myself, that when I am thriving and living, being seen, being vulnerable, I'm able to create more space to let people love me the way that they love. 
I recognize sooner when I'm just trying to fill the hole, when I'm trying to live the fairy tale life of what love is supposed to look like. And instead, I'm offering this raw experience of humanness. That is love. Like, love is being human. There's nothing more to it. And maybe there is no difference between being in love and loving. It is all one and the same. Maybe one is more romantic and the other is more platonic, more familial. That's not up to me to define. That's up to you. How are you loving yourself? How are you being in love with other people? How are you sharing your humanness and your experience with the world around you? That's love. And nobody gets to take that away from you. You simply continue your journey. And some people will stay along for the ride and some won't. And at the end of the day, you and your truest self are left. And the quiet moments of the day, how are you supporting yourself and your vision? Your vision for your dreams and the healing that it takes to be able to love yourself truly. Maybe that's the point. And when I started recording this, I thought I was going to have the answer. I don't. <laughs> I have the answer for me. And my answer for myself will be different from yours. And that's where we meet in the middle. Now that's where there's the grace, where your experience comes in, my experience comes in, and instead we get to describe and dictate without a right answer. There is no right answer. And so what have you done today to seek love for yourself? What have you done to express love to the people in your life? And to say, thank you. Yeah, love is messy. Love is blind. Love is kind. Love is a 750 credit score. Love is a 250 credit score. Love is all of these things. Love is whatever you make it to be. And no longer will I allow myself to be filled up by another person. I get to be my whole self all the time. No matter how hard it might seem, that's true love in its truest form. You've just listened to another episode of Fully Integrated. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and follow Fully Integrated Podcast on Instagram. Share with a friend and we'll talk soon.